When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with myself, Sean Bastow. Going to be joined shortly by our co-host, Jordy Neald. But before we do, I just want to give the guys at Bear Attack Boxing a huge shout-out and thank them for extending their sponsorship deal with us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for the support. Thank you for supporting a truly independent podcast. And I want to give the listeners... An opportunity to go over to the website and have a look at the new products that they're providing, which is new style boxing gloves. We've got hand wraps coming out there. We've got pads. It's all Bear Attack Boxing branded boxing products that you need to go over and have a look at because it's a great website. They've got great products. They're all high quality. They're tried and tested by professional fighters. And you need to go and have a look. This is why we stress it on every episode because the thing is, I wouldn't just let anybody sponsor us. If I felt like the product was a load of crap, there's no way I would let a company sponsor us regardless of whether they offered me tens of thousands of pounds for an advert every week. I wouldn't do it. But Bear Attack Boxing's products are quality and that is why i'm happy to plug it on every episode that we do so please go and check them out www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and they're on social media bear attack boxing find them follow them check out the products so before we get into the episode as always please go and check us out on social media at btr boxing pod and btr boxing podcast on facebook as well go and find all our episodes on all available podcasting apps such as apple Podcasts. leave a review 
and Podbean. Leave us a review, follow us, and find us on all available podcasting apps out there. We truly appreciate the support. So this is it. Let's get into the episode then. We're going to be talking today about Isaac Dogbe versus Emmanuel Navarrete, the rematch. We're going to be talking about Canelo versus Jacobs and our thoughts on that saga over the weekend, plus all the other action coming up this weekend, which includes a matchroom boxing bill, and we've also got some of the news and gossip from over the past four or five days. Jordy, how was your weekend? Have you enjoyed the boxing? Yeah, I loved it, mate. Obviously, uh, I was at the football this weekend, but I uh, stayed up for the Canelo Jacob stuff and did a bit of catching up over the over the weekend. But yeah, um, Canelo Jacob fight wasn't you know what we expected. It was a bit of a bit of a standoff, bit of a you know clash of styles, you could say. But yeah, they enjoyed it all the same, and it's probably the biggest fight this year, as we said last week. So yeah, they enjoyed it, but just. Don't think Danny Jacobs will be real. I think he'll be kicking himself really, as as we've said. I don't think he he um, he put the performance in that you know he believed he could do. You know, like I expected a lot more out of this, and I remember you saying some of the last words you said on the episode last week was that you're putting all your eggs in the Danny Jacobs basket, and he just yeah. <laughs> I, it's not like I'm saying you bit you on the ass a little bit, but what I'm saying about about that is that I I think we both kind of expected Jacobs to be a lot more aggressive, and he, he just wasn't as as it wasn't as aggressive as what I thought it would be. He started way too late. He started to apply the pressure way too late. And I don't know whether that's down to Canelo being quite a bit of a... I don't, I don't want to make an overstatement here, but a defensive genius. <laughs> he looks no, really he, good. He's really tough. Like the, it, It's like you know what Floyd Mayweather did to him in, in, in years ago. It, it seems like he sort of adopted that style and he sort of he's going a long way to perfect, perfecting it really, but... You know, there's been talk this week from Eddie Ayn about Danny Jacobs having some weight issues, and I can probably I can probably see that because you know it just took him too long to get going. And I think the most frustrating thing for me is I do believe Danny Jacobs has got the style that that will beat Canelo eventually, but and I think that's what will be bugging him because you know that wasn't his best in there that night, and you know it was still a fairly close fight. But I mean, I never win him, but it's fairly. But, it was just one of them. I do think his style could be Canelo's, but I think I don't think he'll ever get the opportunity to uh, rewrite that wrong, really. i tell you what I was happy about, though, Jordy, the fact that I made a prediction and it actually was near enough spawn. Yeah. Mate, you're absolutely spot on. and you know the, uh, It was pretty much how I had it, really, scored in the fight at the time. So, you know, fair play on that one. But, yeah, I thought Canelo won, you know, fairly comfortably. I know Froch had it a draw, which is, which is quite funny. <laughs> Cal uh, Froch's scorecards yeah. are absolutely crap. He's, he's mad Froch, though, isn't he? Like, all week, it was like a big, massive fight week in Vegas and, you know, all the online outlets, you know, your IFLs and stuff. Everything's just Cal Froch says this, Cal Froch says that. He's a genius at keeping himself relevant, like. No, he, <laughs> you know what? It makes me laugh because, like, he gets paid to do a job. Like, I, th- I don't know if it, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was this fight, actually, right? You know what? Making me laugh. Like, in that fight, in the commentary for it, right? I think in the early rounds, he was saying. Oh yeah, uh, Danny Jacobs is the much heavier, much bigger man. And then about three rounds later, he says, "Yeah, Canelo is the much bigger, is the much heavier the man." Yeah. I was just like, "What?" The, he hell was, are you? Uh, the, the bit that made me laugh is in commentary. He just he just sort of started. I can't actually remember what he said word for word, but it was something along the lines of how much he can bench press. He was like, "Oh yeah, I can bench press like two hundred and fifty kilos." <laughs> how do you get up? you're commentating on like the biggest fight of the year how have you managed to turn it round to how much you can bench press in the gym it's just, <laughs> I know he's at, he's at the uh, he's joking around and having people on a lot of the time and 
you know, he turned up the Devon Haney thing and was giving it a bit there to the cameras. But he's a, a lot of it is tongue in cheek, but he's a genius at keeping people talking about Carl Froch. I tell you what, he's definitely learning well from Adam Smith with some of the comments he comes out with in commentary, isn't <laughs> he? Yeah. The, the Adam yeah, Smith commentary there, Bible. He's definitely, he's definitely, coming, <laughs> he's definitely coming out of the Adam Smith's commentary Bible. Anyway, the, the, yeah, some of the some of the shit he comes out with is uh, he's hilarious. But going on back to a serious point then about the fight. So obviously Canelo picks up the victory, one one five, one one three, two cards, one sixteen, one twelve on the other card. So the question that everyone's asking now is. Is where do both men go? Does Canelo look to move up and challenge one of the super middleweight guys like the Callum Smith, or does he stick down at middleweight and, and have a third fight with Golovkin? I think, to be honest, I think his next fight might be Andre. I think he'll try and tie up that division because you know Canelo's career now is just basically taking as much things as he can off in terms of you know the the accomplishments the reason he went up and fought Rocky Field is because, you know, the history books are gonna say he's another weight world champion. But I think his next fight will be Andrade. I mean, I know he was talking about fighting Callum Smith, which would be a great fight. And even cover level per like light heavyweight, which would be would be a crazy jump. But, you know, the form Canelo's in, as much as I dislike his antics outside the ring, I fully believe he's a cheat. I don't think he a lot of his fights have been on a level playing ground. But you can't look past his a bit his natural ability and as you said before his defensive genius you could probably call it now but he, you know he's a brilliant fighter and I just wish I could forget the, the audible blow he is it's hard isn't it because like we, we sit here and we're praising him for like defensive genius but then we obviously in the same sense we kind of like also justifying the fact that he is a drugs cheat and the fact that, you know, he's hard because I, I before all this shit came out last year, he was one of my favourite fighters to watch and I always watch him with a bit of a tarnished view. I, I appreciate what he can do in the ring, I really do. And he always had this little niggling thing at the back of my yeah. mind. It's like, I know he's a cheat though. Do you know, I want to really yeah, celebrate. That's, that's exactly me. Like, I, I can't, if that was anyone else, you know, that, them first six rounds were like, you know, brilliant. he was absolutely brilliant to watch as a boxing fan. And the little clip, I'm not sure what round it was in, where Danny Jacobs was like throwing like a six punch, six punch combination and sort of not not really landed with anything. And then Canelo's just caught him with the, the sweetest left hook you're gonna see. And anyone else you're gonna be, you know, you want to big that up and say, look at this guy, like face of the sport, he's this, he's that. But as you said, there's always that dark cloud that just hang over where you know people who are into the sport know that the guys are cheating I think it, that's going to follow him around for the rest of his days and it's, it's such a shame because he's so 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 talented well moving on then from the Canelo Jacobs fight on that undercard something that I was looking forward to was John Ryder uh, and Bilal Akwai and I tell you what John Ryder he's, he's on a career He's had a career resurgence, a career high. The way he's dispatched of Akwai at the weekend in the, I think it was the third or fourth round, he he stopped him. I tell you yeah, what, great job. what, what wow, wow, what's going on? You know what I mean? He's like, I think it just shows you what confidence does in boxing. It's like, you know, if you look down his his record, it, I think we mentioned last week he's got losses to, you know, with all due respect, like your Nick Blackwells of the world, and Nick Blackwell was obviously a very was wasn't is a very tough man and had some good good career good fights in his career but you know for him to be getting beat at that level and now be operating at the level he is you know it, it just looks like John Ryder actually now believes in himself and he believes in his ability and every time I see him especially at like uh, super middle I always think he's too small like I think 
he's a small super middleweight, but he just keeps, you know, keeps racking up these wins. And you know, I I, I was sort of thinking in my mind, he had a he had a quick little burst there on on that card. You know, he should have thrown his hat in the ring for the Callum Smith fight on the Joshua card because he doesn't he didn't really take any any punishment. It was more of a you know glorified spar, and yeah, and, you know a spar that ended well, but. I think Smith's going to fight Hassan and Dan, but I think he's not far off of him. You know, Callum does have a, a defence at home after he after he dispatches of Dan on June the 1st. I think John Ryder's probably, probably the name at the front of the queue. Well, he is the name at the front of the queue. He is the interim WBA super middleweight champion. So yeah. he's basically Where'd got. He a, from? <laughs> he's got. He's got All a portion. <laughs> the Matalan belt. He's got a portion of the. Um, he's got a portion of the world title which Callum Smith technically holds. So the, he obviously is. He's, he's there. He's ranked. He's ranked there to fight Callum Smith. So that's probably going to happen at some point. I'd say later this year. I'm saying September, October. But I'm just really impressed with the fact that he's beat Patrick Nielsen, who only had one defeat on his. Record. He was a fantastic prospect. Jamie Cox, who had only lost to George Groves in the World Boxing Super Series, and now he's just going to beat an undefeated fighter who, you know, by all accounts was a guy uh, totally on the way up. So the, the way he's got them three victories for me is very impressive, and he deserves a shot at a world title. He's one guy that I think has done enough now to, to get his shot at a world title in that super middleweight division. So I do anticipate that we'll see that match up with Callan Smith later on this year just to let everybody know what else was on that card if you didn't watch it a couple of prospects to watch out for uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. went to yeah, 13 and 0 ferocious isn't he yeah I tell you what he's I mean Herrera Jordi is a guy that's he's past his best but he's a known quality yeah. operator but the way Ortiz Jr. dispatched of him was, uh, uh, was, was quite emphatic to be honest with you and he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah this crop of like you know the young the youngsters coming through, they've got, you know your Tiafimo Lopez's and stuff like that. They all just seem to have this absolute you know this ferocious streak, don't they? There's not like you know I know we've seen people like Shakur Stevenson who are trying to take the the Mayweather thing of you know hiding behind the shoulder and winning that way, but there's a little crop of them all and they're around the same weight and they just they're just going in for the kill straight away. It, it really bodes well for the you know the next two three five years. So we're going to see some great fights. Yeah, definitely. So there's a couple of other names on there uh, there for the American audiences that listen to the show. Lamont Roach picked up a victory uh, against Jonathan Aquendo. Yeah, he was in trouble as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I seen it. I was was surprised at that. He was getting armour to the body and he really weren't liking it, but I think he won won on the cards in the end. But yeah, it was quite an entertaining fight, that, because he was, I think, a couple of times he was probably a punch or two away from, from, you know, being stopped. So there's another victory, but it's another it's another adverse situation for him to go through, and now he's going to be able to take that experience uh, when he, when he steps up again, when he steps up for one of the major titles, because obviously he's fighting for WBO international and M- NABO super featherweight titles, which are essentially like our version of rankings titles, you know, uh, yeah. in, in England and Europe. So he's gonna he's gonna have some great tests and that was definitely a test to get through Joseph Diaz I was just saying picked up a victory as well former world champion Saddam Ali lost to Anthony Young as well he's just had a bit of a fall from grace hasn't he Saddam Ali because you know I think but the one person who's probably kicking himself out of this situation is you know Liam Smith on our shows who had the chance to fight Saddam Ali before uh, Jaime Munguia took the belt off him you know, in hindsight now, it looks like that would have been an absolute perfect opportunity for Liam Smith to, 
recapture a world title, but he obviously pulled out through through injury. I think it was an actually a later reaction at the time, but yeah, he's had a he's had a tough tough period to that Mali. So Baterbiev, Arta Baterbiev picked up another stoppage victory over the weekend as well. So he again another guy that for, for for some reason or another doesn't seem to get the same exposure over here in the UK. Like we know him for for obviously the the, the name that he is and the fact that he had a great fight with Callum Johnson, but he's just gone and picked up another stoppage victory and looks like the guy that's potentially going to unify that like heavyweight division. Yeah, if he could talk shit, he'd be a superstar. And, you know, I know that's sad, but that's the sport. You've got it. You, 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 as we've said plenty of times in this podcast over the last seven, eight months, it, it takes more than talent. You know, you've got to got to be able to talk a bit of a bit of a bit of crap. Really, it, it sells it to the fans. And you know, I know we have the discussion about hardcore fans and casual fans, but at the end of the day, the casual fans are the one who the ones who actually generate the money. If we if we sit down and go through it, so. I think the reason I hold him back is because mainly he can't talk rubbish in English. But um, yeah, he's so exciting because he's quite he's quite happy to take a big shot just to land his own. You know, it's like it's, yeah. if you're watching Arthur Batavia, if you're gonna get value for your money, because he, he will, a couple of times he took a few absolute clean ones on on the chin, and you know he, he just grins and keeps going. He's he's a, he's a crazy man, but he's very very entertaining and. You know the Callum Johnson fight. It just it bodes well for Callum Johnson. Really, just his reputation's grown really without him fighting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true because he obviously put Batiev on the seat of his pants, and you know I think yeah. he just kind of he said it himself. He froze on the world stage, and that's kind of what lost him yeah. that particular fight. But he'd be kissing himself for that. But, yeah, you know, yeah, Callum Johnson just loosely talking about him. He, he'll definitely come again. I think he's he's building a, a pretty good, pretty good little profile for himself in the states. I think Eddie's working as him as a bit of a project on the zone so you know there's some big big fights for Colin Johnson in the near future so just rounding up then domestically what happened over the the weekend we had over in Liverpool in your neck of the woods uh, one of the prospects that you've been following for quite a while, you've done an article on him you've you, you've obviously been able to catch up with him, Nick Ball picked up another victory over yeah. the weekend He's just bubbling away nicely, Nick Ball. Like he's, um, you know, they're pretty much basing these shows in Liverpool around him, and you know, I don't think it'll be long before he does. He does make his TV debut, or you know, just gets snapped up by one of the bigger, one of the bigger fish, so to speak. But he's just such an amazing, he's such a brilliant talent coming out of Liverpool. He's, he's, I've used this word quite a lot on on this um, podcast, but he is ferocious. He throws a serious amount of punches. He's got a bit of power. You know he's a very fit lad, and you know he's going to be in some very, very good fights. But yeah, he's bubbling along nicely in Liverpool. And also, Jamie Moore trained Mark Leach, won the vacant English bantamweight title uh, against well-known journeyman Brett Fido over the weekend as well. So another victory and another title coming back to Manchester. That's what I like to see. Hmm. Uh, another one. Not many titles there. So <laughs> well, you know uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. This, we're only covering boxing. We're not talking about the uh, Manchester <laughs> derby here, because uh, I know you'd love to go out, uh, about something to do with football this week. Definitely. So, <laughs> uh, also then, Scotland had a, a great domestic fight on between Dean Sutherland, Key McMahon. Dean Sutherland picked up the vacant Celtic welterweight title. 
in what was uh, another little cracking scrap on Saturday as well. So there you go, more prospects, more guys, more names to listen out for, for you listeners that are checking us out every single week, some great talent on show domestically here in the UK. So that sort of, for me, rounds up what happened over the weekend and really we want to turn our attention to, to, to what's going on this weekend. There's quite a few events going on this weekend uh, the main fight which I would consider to be the one to watch this weekend is the rematch between Isaac Dogbay uh, and Emmanuel Navarrete so the rematch from December last year on the undercard of Lomachenko and Pedraza Dogbay seemingly looked invincible prior to that particular bout but Navarrete just did a little bit of a number on him there yeah he did and it was pretty you know it wasn't fancy it wasn't Something people expected, but you know, at the time, Dogby was getting a lot of even coverage with you know people like the BBC. They were in his gym, you know, video, uh, sorry, video interviewing him, and you know, he was everywhere and everyone was telling his story. But you know, this sort of rematch has gone a little bit under the radar. But I'm just, I'm just not convinced. Um, it's sometimes in boxing, you know, people just have another fighter's number, and I think that might be the case here. You know, Dogby was pretty busted up after the last fight. You know, and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go against the Navarrete stoppage here, but, or Navarrete, so, uh, I should say, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stopped Isaac Dogby this, this time round. Well, our guy, Elliot Grigg, works for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats, doing some video predictions for the YouTube channel. His prediction for this particular fight has literally just gone up as we're recording this episode, and he actually believes, uh, breaking down the previous fight and, and the way that went down between them, that Navarrete is going to retain the title with a points decision. Yeah, so, I just think he's got Dogby's number himself. I, I, I do agree with him, but it was just the sort of, you know, Dogby did take a bit of a beating in that fight, and Obviously, a very, very tough kid, but you know, it's it's just one of them. I think with a bit more planning and a bit bit of a longer camp, it could be it could be again a long night. But that said, I'm I'm happy to be wrong. I hope Isaac Dogby uh, wins the title back. I think it'll be a very good fight. I think it'll be interesting to see whether Dog Bay has been able to adjust uh, for this second fight or whether Navarrete is just like you said, he's got his number and he's just got the superior athleticism and, and desire to, to to win. And it'll be interesting because it's a pretty good double-header card, that one, because you've also got the WBC Super Featherweight title on the line uh, with Miguel Bachelt versus Francisco Vargas. So there's another fight to check out for on that same card. Two fights. It's a two-fight card and... Uh, we're going to get some great fights on that night. Uh, also, I've just realised another fight I've completely forgotten about as I'm talking to you about it is the return of Jarrett Hurd at the weekend as well. Yeah, and, and luckily being picked up on uh, terrestrial TV, I do E4, I think, a show in the early hours of Sunday. So, you know, Jarrett Hurd, you know, he's a bit of a, bit of a talent, really, you know, he's well established, but people who haven't, who won't have more. You know, I've not I've only heard of him. He's he's a very very good fighter, so that's definitely one to keep an eye out this weekend. I know they had a bit of a um, not bust up, but the other bit of an exchange of words in the you know the, the press conferences and stuff this week. So yeah, that one's again bubbling along nicely, and I look forward to that one. Is that the one with the picture on social media where it looks like they're both kissing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it today, actually. A few times people posting it in boxing groups and, and, and different forums all over social media, and I kept seeing this picture, and I'm thinking, I'm sure that's Jarrett Heard. And I completely forgot that this fight was happening, and I forget that this he's actually got the IBF, IBO, and WBA Super Welterweight titles, so this is um, 
This is just another one of them. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get a stoppage victory here on Saturday. You know, making a making a quick fire prediction. I think he's gonna get another stoppage victory. He just looks like a guy who is has got everything he needs to, to rule that division, and we've yet really to see him face one of the so-called elites of the division. When you've got like your Charlo, you've got like your Liam Smith, and whether or not Kel Brook stays up there and whether I should be even mentioning his name in the same breath at the moment is another question, but he's another guy that we should be really sort of talking about and considering as a potential opponent for Jarrett Hurd. But yeah, guys, if you're listening, there's another fight to check out over the weekend. So you've got Bichel and, and Vargas, you've got Navarrete, Dogbe, you've got Hurd and Williams over the weekend as well. So there's three big fights there. Skipping back to tomorrow night, Friday night then, we've got Ultimate Boxer 3 happening at the O2 as well, which is a really good little tournament. And a couple of good Southern Area fighters involved in that. We've got Derek Ozaze and Taylin Jones both involved in that. So for anybody that used to like the old prize fighter tournaments, there's a great tournament on channel, I think it's on channel five, or it may be on YouTube tomorrow night. But what what are you making these ultimate boxer tournaments so far, Jordy? I think the first time I, I ever appeared on the podcast, I think it was off the back of maybe maybe not the last one, but the one before that, or maybe the last one. And you know, I was always a fan of prize fighting, and I'm a fan of this because mainly down to the exposure it gives guys who have been on the small hall circuit, or you know, not quite had that TV break. It, you know, I think it's a brilliant opportunity for them and just to show people what you can do. And, you know, we've seen it over the years. All people need sometimes is, you know, a bit of exposure and a bit of a chance. And I think this this sort of tournament, if, if fighters are ready to gamble and, you know, really take a chance, it, it can really kickstart someone's career. I love them. I really love them. Honestly, I really enjoy watching them. And we've got coverage down there. Eat Sleep Boxing repeats down there tomorrow covering that particular show. So excited to see how that one goes down. Given the fact that I've interviewed a couple of these guys for the podcast, for the ones to watch series, Derek Ozaze was one in particular that was on our podcast a couple of months ago. So I'm really, really pleased to see him uh, you know, in a good tournament like this. So that's really good. And then we've also then got the matchroom bill. The UK matchroom bill tomorrow night. Where do we start with it? Are you are you happy with it, or is it just another another mediocre showing? Yeah, I think it's just it's one of them. It's just keeping people active, isn't it? And you know, fulfilling dates, so to speak. But you know, the positives is that you know you're getting boxing back in a city like Nottingham, which has been starved since the days of Carl Froch, and it probably deserves. It's a city that deserves a bit of boxing to be to be there because they always did come out in in the numbers, especially in the early at the end days um, when he sort of crept in and took over. But yeah, I mean there's no fight on there that really stands out. But you know, Jordan Gill's in a a bit of a, a bit of a, a fight he should win, but his opponent's been in with Devin Haney and went the distance and stuff like that. So obviously a very tough man, but you'd expect Gill to come through that quite handsomely. But yeah, I mean it's on there's only a couple of really small talking points. You know, Stephen Smith's making his return a long time after his head of heel injury over in Vegas when he fought Vargas. So he's making a bit of a low-key return. And then, obviously, you've got Chris Billum-Smith, who's ticking over before he fights Richard Briakpour on the pay-per-view bill July 20th. So, yeah, there's a couple of people, and obviously Lee Wood, Ryan Doyle. That's probably the fight of the night, Lee Wood and Ryan Doyle. But, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the best card you ever see, but it'll be one that I'll, I will tune into and uh, dedicate me Friday night to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not overly 
sort of impressed with it. I mean, I know it's a next-gen show, and I know these shows are designed to give prospects the opportunity to get on that stage, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not slating it. I just think I think what it is is I'm 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 so sort of disappointed with the way this year's gone today with the matchroom bills and I just look at it and think you know there's no standout fight on it really for me. I mean Ryan Doyle and Lee Wood is probably the one that I'll be most interested in because I do think it is a genuine fifty-fifty fight this one. Even though Ryan Doyle's got three losses on his record, you know he obviously upset Jake Ball last year and 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 got the same title he's fighting for again uh, you know he lost didn't he to, to, to Jordan Gill so it's uh, it's quite ironic they're back on the same bill together but Jordan Gill uh, his fight as well you know we've got his fight against a guy like you say who's gone the distance with Devin Haney a hot prospect that's people are talking about over the past week but I, do, I just, I just want to see Jordan Gill now in a, a really meaningful fight and I have said this to you before I mean, a couple of months ago the last time you thought I was saying he, he, he looks so much more better than the level that he's being put at at the moment I, I keep saying every time they put him on an X-Gen show I'm thinking why is this guy not like you know co-main event with, with a big fight yeah I mean he's definitely um, he's definitely at that point in his career now where he does need this exposure but you know, when he won against Brian Doyle, who's obviously, as we said, on the same card, that felt to me as a bit of his coming out party because it was obviously on a big bill and, you know, it's, he, he's back on the, on these next-gen shows. But, yeah, I think he either needs a domestic rival to really, you know, get the country behind him and get the country realising what talent he is or, you know, maybe get a crack at some European honours or maybe a world a world title fight or, you know, maybe a voluntary defence or something like that. But, yeah, I think he's right on the precipice now where he does need to kick on and he does need a big fight. But we yeah. were saying this eight, nine months ago, so he, he, he sort of, we do need to get a move on with Jordan Gill, really, despite he's only a young lad. I think just, just his, his talent deserves to be on a bit of a big stage. Yeah, 100%. And I will keep saying this until the day they bloody put him on a big stage as well, because it is really annoying to see, to see him still on the next-gen show and not even like you know on the undercard of a, of a slightly bigger bill. Also then, on this card, you've got Terry Harper against Claudia Lopez. Fabio Wardley against Denis Lewandowski. Um, <laughs> was it you? I think it was you who posted a picture of this guy in the what in our WhatsApp group before, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's not in the best of shape, put it that way. But um, you know, I think it's a bit of a matchroom ploy to him, so they can say in a few weeks, look at the shape Andy Ruiz is in. You know, one of them. But yeah, no, it's only a bit of banter. But yeah, he's not in the best of shape. But I had a little look on his box rec and he sort of went the distance with Tom Swartz, who's obviously got the job, got the uh, fight with Tyson Fury. So obviously a tough man. But I'm quite impressed with Fabio Wardley. Actually, he's a bit of a He's a bit of an animal. He's well. He's shown that so far, but he's also very. He's quite charismatic, and he can speak. And as we've said before, that's a big part of this game in, in this day and age. And I think he's a. He's definitely got a little bit going on outside the ring. So yeah, that that might be a little bit of an exciting journey to to get on board and watch the Fabio Wardley one. Lewandowski, he basically makes Andy Ruiz and Jarrell Muller look like Mr. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it is criminal, isn't it? But you know, this he's got he's got more bollocks than me. But yeah, he he could do with shifting a few. Oh mate, I tell you what, I, I, honestly, I was I was pretty appalled when I seen that picture. To be honest, I was. How is it even possible for a guy in that sort of shape to be allowed to fight? Surely, the British Boxing Board of Control must have some you know some sort of health and safety check that they must have to do 
to, to, to they shouldn't I can't I can't understand how they let guys in that sort of shape get in the ring I mean people will probably say well why, why is Andy Ruiz getting a shot but thinking Andy Ruiz he, he's fought a lot of guys he's he's really you know although people might not see him as a justified opponent at this stage he's still a guy that you know has actually been in with a, a legitimate former world champion so he's got something behind him this guy's just a pudding he's, he's just come over for a payday pudding for a payday he's only he's, 25 as well he looks what? Not so what? <laughs> he is 25 yeah I couldn't believe 25 it. stone yeah, yeah, I don't think he's far off that either, to be honest. Jesus, bloody, but, at 25 yeah, been, years uh, old. Bit of a classic, bit of matchmaking from him. Uh, I think Paul Reddy's the matchmaker, isn't he, over <laughs> at uh, Matchroom? But yeah, I think that's a bit of a bit of an Andy Louise one, to be honest. Oh, this guy's this guy's must have had the world's hardest paper round, and he must have been stopping off at every corner shop on his way as well. For God's sake, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I. I <laughs> So, anyway, the match rebuild. Going back to the serious points of the episode today. Yeah, Stephen Smith, you were saying before, obviously back on this bill. Just a brief note on Stephen Smith then, Jordy. I also wanted to find out what your thoughts are for Stephen going forward. Is there any possible way of him getting back up to a chance at a world title again? I don't know. I mean, he's always... The the, the beauty, or the it's either a beauty or a case, depends how you look at it, but... The thing Stephen Smith's got is, I've touched on this before, he's, he's a pretty good name for a voluntary defence, if that makes sense. So, you know, the champions see him and his reputation, his past fights and stuff like that. And they, they will give him a shot if he's ranked sort of thing. But, you know, I think the, the next two, three fights for him is definitely just testing the water because the, the ear injury that he had was absolutely horrific. Like, it was, oh, it was yeah. really, really bad Correct. and it was quite hard to look at, really. But... You know, it's good to see him back. Obviously, earning money to fight as as he obviously loves to do. But yeah, I don't I don't actually think he's a, he's going to win a world title. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got a shot. But there's some good domestic fights there for him, and you know, this he's back because there's still good opportunity for him to make a living from from boxing. So you know, for me, he's a good, talented fighter. He's by all accounts a very a very you know hard working and, and good fella as well. So. Yeah, it'd be good to see Stephen Smith back and hopefully, you know, he can just have a good year or two and put a bit of bad luck behind him. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy to see him back because I, I do think he's a, a good little fighter. I just think he's he's just comes up short, obviously, when it comes to that yeah. world elite level, and that that's the only thing with him for me. He's like I love to see him do well, but it's whether he's ever going to get there is kind of like the other yeah. question that you ask yourself when you when you think of him. But you know, fair play for him for giving it another crack. You know, that was a horrific injury with the ear literally hanging off by a thread it was it was pretty yeah, grim I remember seeing it I mean not live but watching it like on the TV and just thinking I think that's the worst injury I've ever seen like regardless of boxing just in general it was his ear was split in half it was insane pretty grim pretty grim so I think we've covered the majority of stuff off if there is anything that I've not touched on Boxing-wise, coming up this weekend, I do apologise. I am not box wreck. I'm not a walking, talking box wreck, and I'm not going to sit here scrolling through box wreck to tell you all about it because you've all got mobile phones. You can all go and have a look if you want. But let's go into the news. Let's let's go into what we like talking about and, and what, we, what we like discussing. <laughs> the news. Rumors, yeah. yeah, the news and the rumours and the gossip. And I think the biggest one we wanted to talk about was today's announcement of Daniel Dubois versus Nathan Gorman. It's finally happening. It's on. Yeah, it's good to see. You know, it's obviously for the British heavyweight title. Uh, I've made it well known the British title is my favourite title, full stop. 
you know, to see these two contesting is brilliant. And I actually rate both of them. I think, I don't think, I mean, the promo really said everything because it was just two and a half minutes of Nathan Gorman talking and then one second of Daniel Dubois <laughs> at the end. And Daniel Dubois is a very exciting fighter, but he's really not blessed with the gift of the grab. But, um, yeah, he's, I think Dave Allen actually summed it up perfectly for me. I think, I don't think Dubois got the destructive power they try and make out, but I also think he's a lot better boxer than people give him credit for. But I, I think, in my opinion, I think Nathan Gorman's just a better boxer with not probably not as much power. So it's a very interesting one. It's one where you can probably make very strong cases for both of them. Fair play for them both for taking it very early in the career. And I think we're in this sort of territory again where no one can really lose. They're both going to come again regardless, you know. No one, no one can really lose in this fight because they, all this fight is going to tell us is, is 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 where they're at basically, and if they can both hold their own at this level, they've both been touted as you know potential future guys that are going to go on and 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 push themselves onto the world stage. So, with all the sort of hype surrounding them, it's about time that they kind of got it on, and we've been waiting for this for a little while, and I'm glad they're getting it on, and I'm glad it's going to happen, and I'm glad we'll get to see all the background chat, you know, about the nights they shared the room together and they sparred loads of rounds and all the rest of it. So it'll be good to finally see these two kind of share a ring together and see, you know, whether or not Nathan Gorman's, uh, you know, deceptively fast hands are going to be too much for Dubois or whether Dubois' sort of combination punching is going to be too much for, for Nathan Gorman. So I, like, I am excited for him. I'm excited it's actually happening. A lot of people were expecting Joyce Dubois as of last weekend, but now we're getting Dubai Gorman, which, to be honest with you, is probably a much more better fight in in, in my yeah. eyes. I, I'm personally yeah, I agree. And, you know, you got Joyce. Have we touched on last week? Joyce fighting Houston, which is don't. It's a bit of a curveball, but I'd like to see him fight the winner, maybe. But they're talking about Joyce having a bit of a, a bit of a bigger fish to fry. So, be interesting to see what that what comes of that. Obviously, he's on that Billy Joe card next uh, next week, so. Yeah, it's a good good time to be a British heavyweight, and you know these two are probably top of the three domestically at the moment. So good, you know, good on them for getting it done early. And I think probably as it stands, I probably think Gorman might just win, but you know that could change <laughs> come finally. Speaking of British heavyweights, then the news that's been coming out over the past hour: Dillian White and Tyson Fury apparently have both been ordered to fight each other to be the WBC number one contender to Deontay Wilder. What are you making out of that? I think honestly, sometimes I think the WBC just sit in their office, whatever it is, Costa Rica or whatever it is, and just say, "What shit can we make up today?" <laughs> and just post it out. Who can we just make these these orders for? That'll never actually happen. And then they just pluck, they just pluck two fighters out of thin air and just just throw an email out. That's honestly how I think they work sometimes. The fight's not going to happen. Not for the not for the not to be the right to be number one. So it's just sort of guess it just keeps fans talking for another week. I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm not even, to be honest with you, I've not, I've not even took it. I take everything with a pinch of salt, to be honest with you, stuff like that, because it really is, it really is just a strong, a strong rumour coming from various outlets that just want to report on whatever information kind of gets leaked out there from whatever source. Uh, moving on then quickly, other news we've got. Uh, British Boxing Board of Control confirming that terms have been agreed for Cheeseman versus Fitzgerald to take place in September. Uh, the both 
going to be having small interim fights in June, July time, but the big British domestic clash should be taking place in September, which is obviously one we're, we're looking forward to domestically. It'll be a good way for uh, Ted Cheeseman to get back straight into the mix, won't it, if he, if he manages yeah, to top off Fitzgerald? Fair play to him for jumping in that, because obviously Scott Fitzgerald just put on probably one of the best domestic form performances of the year, but... I think he's got he's a character where we're not going to really be sure what Scott Fitzgerald turns up from fight to fight, and I know he's fighting in the in the next few months. Is um, I think he's fighting Brian Rose, isn't he? In a bit of a Preston Blackpool derby. So, you know, Brian Rose has been a good campaigner. It's not as straightforward as as it probably looks on paper when you look at Brian Rose's defeats and stuff like that. But you know, Scott Fitzgerald turns up there, and he's not he's not on it. He could easily get turned over. So. It's one of them. I hope Scott Fitzgerald's knuckling down, but yeah, fair play to Cheeseman to to you know be confident enough to to jump back in at that level because he, he, as we spoke about at the time, he got taught a bit of a lesson last time out against uh, Garcia. Yeah, he did. He certainly did that. Uh, other news then quickly: Alexander Usyk and Takam is now off because Usyk's torn a bicep or a tricep, I can't remember which one it was, but he's torn one of his muscles in his arm, so there's a possibility that that's going to end up being Takam versus Michael Hunter for May the 25th instead. Yeah, Michael Hunter just gets launched in, doesn't he? <laughs> Constantly just fighting on like three weeks' notice, but he keeps he keeps racking up the wins, and yeah, you, you probably couldn't argue with that. I'm, I'm gutted that Usyk's injured, really, because you know I, I've been on record for quite a long time, especially with you saying that. I think he'll go on and 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 just and dominate a heavyweight as well. But you know, a bit of an unfortunate injury that puts him out till about August, which you know I am gutted about. But yeah, it's probably not the best card now. I think they're going to move it. But be interested to see Tacham Hunter. To be fair, but I think I've seen today as well, just off off subject and back home domestically. I think they've they've made uh, Leon Woodstock Zelfa Barry for the Warrington Galahad card, which is which is a really good fight. I think. Yeah, cracking fight. That's well, it's a fight that's been brewing for a while, and if if that actually gets fully confirmed, then that is definitely one that I'd be looking forward to. And a great, it stacks the card up a little bit more as well. It makes it more about yeah. some of the prospects and, and guys that are really pushing for that British title level as well. So that'll be another good one. I think the final thing I wanted to get out of you before we end the episode today was about the whole Lamachenko Luke Campbell situation and what what do you make of all this. Well, you know, about five minutes ago, I just said about what the WBC just decided to throw these crazy things out, and I think it's 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 one of them again. I think Luke Campbell couldn't have been pretty, pretty you know, more unlucky, so to speak. You know, either no matter what fight he was going to have with with be um, Evan Haney or Abdullah, who's also I think he's number two. It would have been a tough fight, but Lomachenko just to to waltz in and and just get a shot. I know he's got titles in. In um, other uh, governing bodies, but you know the fact that people can just keep getting ranked for pretty much no reason. In if these governing bodies want to act as individuals, so to speak, then you should have to win these eliminators and the final eliminators for these silver belts and these you know regular belts and stuff like that. And at the moment, it just seems like if you're a big enough name, then you can pretty much do what you want. And I think that's not the case of that, but. I'll be totally honest, I don't give Luke, Cam- Luke Campbell as much chances. Probably give him a bit of a better chance than I give Crawler, but it's it's just going to be another inevitable Lomachenko win, whether they do it in the US, Hull or London. It's just, it'd probably be a big night for Hull, but 
Yeah, I think it's it's just another win for, for Lomachenko, in, in my opinion. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll have more of a conversation about it when it comes to the time once there's an actual formal announcement being made about the situation. Now, I'm pretty conscious that you've got to, you've got to leave uh, and uh, got to get off. So I'm going to let you go and I'll obviously just close out this episode. So, Jordy, thank you for coming on this week. No problem, uh, top man. Thank you very much and we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next you, episode. Thanks. So that's it, guys, for this week. I want to say thanks to Geordie for coming on, as always. And obviously thank you to everybody that's been retweeting and sharing all of our posts about the Legendary Night series. I'm really, really pleased with the reaction that it's getting. Really pleased that people are getting on to the back of this series and that they're really enjoying it. And obviously we've got our next one coming out next week, which is Diego Corrales versus Jose Luis Castillo voted by the followers on Twitter so really appreciate that support for the next fight Johnson Brown will be back on for that episode of the Legendary Night series as well so that about wraps it up for today's episode Canelo Jacobs covered Dog Bay Navarati covered Matchroom Bill covered Ultimate Box all the other stuff that's going on this weekend so my final thoughts for yourself guys is to go over and follow us on the social media channels you can follow us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook follow us on all the available podcasting apps out there which is Podbean Apple Podcasts Player FM Stitcher Spreaker even on the YouTube channel for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat you can follow us on there as well and listen to every single episode out there Wants to watch series two it's back we're going to have new guests on the show for the next series and then we're going to be going back to some of the old guys over the course of the next 12 months so yeah i'm really pleased to be getting the ones to watch series two and if anybody that's listening to this that knows a fighter that would be benefited of coming on to the show then please send them my way (laughs) drop me a tweet let me know if there's anybody you can think of that would really benefit from coming on the show and getting some great exposure uh, onto the one to watch series so thank you guys as always for listening to btr boxing podcast i'll see you on the legendary next episode next time Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.